a lot of soldiers talk about the tack vest and you know things that they would like to see improved. So to pretend that it's not something that's discussed is a little bit silly. Welcome to the Canadian Army Podcast. My name is Patricia Stomka, and I'm filling in as your host today because your regular host, Lieutenant Adam Orton, is our featured guest in the special edition of the Canadian Army Podcast. Our listener feedback tells us you want to know more about the soldiers we interview. You also have questions about the podcast itself. So we'll be talking to him about that, the podcast, what it's about and where it's going. But we're also going to be asking him to talk about himself. Adam, welcome to your own show. Hi, it's great to be here with me. Of course. First question, an easy one. Why did you join the Canadian Armed Forces? Before I joined the military, I worked in uh, technical support. And uh, for those that have worked in customer service, it's a unique environment. And I was looking to make a change in my life. I was hoping to get out there and make a little bit more of a difference in the world than fixing people's internet. So uh, I thought about, you know, what skills I was lacking in my life and I want, what I wanted to do more of. And uh, the Army seemed like uh, the natural option, basically the direct opposite of internet technical support agent. Why? So, Why do you say that? Well, you know, so I applied for the infantry and uh, the reason I chose that was I want to run around outside and uh, live a life of adventure and danger and blow some things up. And, uh, you know, the, the recruiter said all the right things and here we are. <laughs> right. Do you want to maybe tell us more about your career? So when I first joined, uh, you know, within six months of applying, I off to Saint-Jean, which is the training school for the CAF. After that, another six months of basically nonstop training, and I found myself posted in uh, to Shiloh, Manitoba, uh, with 2nd Battalion PPCLI. From there, basically within two years of being posted battalion, deployed to Afghanistan, came back, made the rank of Master Corporal, uh, went off to work at the Winter Olympics, and then from there decided that I want to be close to my family, my friends, and the people that I loved. So I moved back to Ottawa, which is where I'm from originally. And uh, from there, I joined the reserves with the Governor General Foot Guards. Did a couple of things there. Had a couple of uh, full-time jobs with the military. For those that don't know, when you're in the reserves, you have the option of full-time or part-time service. So um, I just kind of basically found my groove in Ottawa. And uh, right now, I'm the operations officer of Army Headquarters. So I've really had... uh, that's Quite not the adventure. a usual. That's not a usual, uh, you know, path, if you will. I don't think most people's experience in the forces is anything like that. Well, it's interesting you'd mention that because the army is actually kind of reexamining the way that people transition between these organizations. Uh, I don't know where we stand on that specifically, but you know, there's a lot of talk about the journey and how you know a person's career isn't necessarily just a 25 year unbroken block of regular force service. People have families, um, they have life events that they need to deal with. And it's good for the army in terms of retention to allow people to easily transition between those two things. So, we're working on that. I don't know where that sits exactly. Probably a good topic for a future podcast. But, uh, you know, it's definitely something that, uh, for me anyways, has given me the ability to have a better understanding of how all the pieces of the Army work. Sometimes you focus on what you're doing and you don't really want to look outside just because there's a lot to think about even in your specific trade. But to kind of spread that experience around gives you a better idea of what other people are dealing with. So a lot to unpack there. You mentioned a lot of things. But, I, I mean, I want to talk about, you mentioned the journey. Your most memorable moment in uniform, what is it? I would say there's a lot of memorable moments. Uh, You know, we can sit here and tell war stories all day. But I guess one of the most divining moments of my career was I was on parade for the Vimy 95th anniversary parade in France. And uh, 
I went out there and it was the longest parade I've ever been on for sure. It was about three hours long. It was uh, hovering around one degree. It was raining. It was cold. It was miserable. We were at attention for the whole time. And one of the defining characteristics of that event was that you had Canadians that were out there. A lot of Canadians had come for this event. There were local French citizens that were there. And there was the military component. And in addition to that, you know, I got to the point about an hour in where I was just like, oh, this is horrible. I hate it. You know, I'm mm -hmm. just so cold and wet and <laughs> just taking forever. And, you know, I got to thinking to myself, like, wow, what a what a horrible thought to, to, to be thinking when you consider that, you know, there had been soldiers sitting in trenches being shot at and bombed for months on end, right. just being cold and miserable there and going through all these hardships. And, you know, what? I had a lot of time to think about it. As I went through that thought process, I realized, you know, like here I am, I'm with these Canadians. We're going through these hardships together. I'm with my, my fellow soldiers. We're going through this together. And, you know, in some really minor way, I'm there living some super small hardship in the same spot that people were dying and fighting 95 years ago. So it was really kind of brought it all together for me. So why do you do it? Why are you in the military? Initially, I guess I thought that you know, I had a lot to bring to the table for those that have never seen me before. You know, I'm six foot four. I'm a big guy. I felt, you know, we see a lot of images of what that looks like for a soldier. So I was like, I, I felt like I fit the bill. You know, I, I really wanted to learn and, and serve my country and be there for Canada. I thought that if it came down to it, if I had to make a difficult decision that would put my life on the line, I'd be willing to do it. Fortunately, I haven't found myself in too many opportunities where I've had to go through that, but I think the reality that a lot of people kind of forget about just by virtue of doing your day-to-day -day life is that it comes down to a couple of moments where you face off those situations and you have to know in your heart that you're going to make the right decision. Let's talk about day-to-day -day life. I'm going to bring us back to the present. Your full-time position, you said, is Army Headquarters Operations Officer or OPSO. Uh, you mentioned you're a reservist. Uh, you work part-time evenings and weekends with the Governor General's Folk Guards. And now you're also the podcast host. When do you sleep? Never. <laughs> That's okay. The Army trains for that, so it's fine. How, how do you make it work? <laughs> so, I mean, really, the, the thing that keeps me going is... You know, it's actually pretty tough on family and friends to put them second when you're juggling all of this stuff that maybe you don't even need to juggle. But sometimes it's it's hard to stay focused when you're doing the same thing repetitively, at least for me. And to be able to switch gears a little bit and do different things is definitely keeps me motivated and keeps my head in the game as much as possible. I think the trick is, first of all, making sure that the change of commands are all on the same page. Like I have a lot of different hats and a lot of different bosses. But also, it gives me a good visibility on how the Army is functioning at any given time because I, I get to see kind of things as they happen at the top of the Army, but at the same time, I'm doing stuff at the bottom with the, uh, with the ground troops and seeing how they're kind of living and also trying to bridge those two gaps together, doing the podcast thing to try and tie it all together. So it's more interesting that way, keeps me busy, and I'm learning a lot, so that's kind of how I keep going. Right, even so... Though Variety is key is basically what you're saying. Variety is the spice of life, there as they you say. Go. Is that something you think that you might, you know, that might be reflected in your work here on the podcast? I mean, what kind of topics can we expect to talk about on the podcast? You know, the plan is to, to cover a wide range of topics and try and keep everybody interested. Sometimes uh, I think government communications can be a little bit dry. We've all lived that uh, mm -hmm. And so my hope is that we can talk about at different levels of command, talk to different people, learn about how the engineers operate day to day. You know, like sometimes you're in 
you know, your own little bubble and you're doing your infantry thing or whatever. You've worked with these other organizations, but you haven't really, you don't really understand how they live on the day to day and how they do their thing and what their traditions are. So, you know, talk about the different trades, the engineers, the artillery, the logistics people. And in addition to that, you know, cover off some history stuff, find out where we come from. You need to know that to know where you're going. Talk about gear. Nobody talks more about gear than soldiers. So try and hit on everything and try and keep it as interesting as humanly possible. What about controversial subjects? How will the podcast deal with them? And is that something that you think will happen? It's an official podcast, so we have to, you know, we have to definitely walk a certain line in terms of how we're going to approach, especially controversial subjects. Good example, not to, you know, single anything out, but a lot of soldiers talk about the tack vest and, you know, things that they would like to see improved. And I think soldiers at all levels have had that conversation. So to pretend that it's not something that's discussed is a little bit silly. And I know that we're looking at approaching subjects such as that and having a real constructive conversation with the people that are working on making it better. Sometimes things move slowly in that environment, but we're working on getting there and there are people working on it. And so I think tying that in and letting people know how we're making that progress is going to go a long way to making things better. What other topics is the podcast planning to cover in the coming months? Do you know yet? We kind of have a schedule fleshed out, but there's a lot of limitations, especially operating in the COVID-19 world. And a lot of different people have a lot of different perspectives on what the next episodes are going to be about. We have, you know, a limitation in terms of resources and, and getting to talk to the right people about the right subjects. So we do have a schedule and we do have a plan and all the topics I mentioned before are going to be coming up eventually. Uh, we're getting input from people, listeners such as yourself. Ha, I'm breaking the fourth wall. You right there listening <laughs> to this podcast. And we're processing that and doing our best to see if we can't make something out of it that's worth listening to. So people were sending in suggestions and stuff like that. We're looking at it. We're doing our best to make it happen. And the schedule is not always uh, on schedule. The enemy always gets a vote, as the commander <laughs> said in episode one. So a lot of possibilities, but most yeah. especially a lot of work on the horizon for the folks behind the podcast. Those were all the questions we had for today. Hopefully they've helped listeners gain a better understanding of who's behind the voice of the Canadian Army podcast. Uh, but before we end this, I did want to ask one last question. That is, uh, was there anything you wanted to tell the people listening in today? I guess the only thing I want to say is I believe in what we're trying to accomplish here. And, you know, Look at any popular television show. You know, sometimes the first season has some bumps that's got to work through. We're working in adverse conditions right now, but we're really trying our best to make this something worth listening to. And if people listening have suggestions or they have concerns, they want to bring things up, let us know and we'll do our best to improve it. We have limitations and arcs just like anybody else, but there is a concerted effort from the top down of the military chain of command to make this work. And we're going to do our best to make it something that you're going to enjoy. So if there's something missing, let us know and we'll take action. And there you have it. I hope everyone was paying close attention. He's a military member with experience in both the regular and reserve forces who also progressed through the non-commissioned member ranks before commissioning. He would have also gained appreciation for the forces when he stood miserably in the rain at Vimy. He is Lieutenant Adam Orton. And thanks for playing the part of interviewee today, Adam. And I'm Patricia Stompka, your guest host for today. Earlier, we heard Lieutenant Orton say why he joined the Canadian Armed Forces. We now want to hear from you. 
You can send 60-second audio clips telling us what inspired you to join to the email address in the show notes. We might use them in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening in and look out for more content from the Canadian Army Podcast. Stay frosty.